Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying, Chuck. For thank you, Bob. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you very much. How many <laughs> years in a row have you not died? Uh, so far, fifty-three. Yeah. Okay. Great. 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 <laughs> How many years have you not died? 59, my friend, closing in Woo! on 60. If I can make it five more, four more months, I will be 60 years old. And Chrissy was saying, should we have a big birthday party? And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> it's kind of a big one. And, it, you know, you never know when you're going to have another one once you hit that age. So we I should. know we should. I had a big 50 I think it was 50 or maybe 40. One year, one year I had a big birthday party at El Coyote. It just makes it, I don't know. It's nice when you walk in and then you just got to talk to everybody for three fucking hours. It's a bit much. Right. El Coyote, the place over by, what is that, Channel 2 or something? Yeah, it's on Beverly near La Brea. By Paramount. Uh, no, no, no. That's, that's, uh, that's another one. That's, that's, no, that's uh, where Lucy's El Adobe. Where Jerry Brown and Linda Ronstadt used to go. That's Lucy's El Adobe. Lucy's El Adobe. No, Coyote, yeah. Coyote. They're both famous for different reasons. One is that when Jerry Brown, the governor, was going out with Linda Ronstadt, he, that was his favorite restaurant. They went there all the time. And then El Coyote is where Sharon Tate had her last meal. Those are the and, two. It, and it has good food. They both have excellent food. I'll tell you a funny story. One time <laughs> we were in El Coyote late at night, like right at the end, like 10 o'clock on a weekday. And uh, Huel Hauser was in there, all shit-faced drunk. You know, <laughs> Huel Hauser from yeah. PBS. <laughs> and he was quite fascinated with Martin Lenoble, by the way, Mike. He was oh. quite, quite taken by Martin. Uh, it was an interesting thing. It was like Pete, me, Martine, Diggy Rude, and I think, and we were in there. So was and he trying to he, make the moves? On he was time? trying to make some moves, it seemed. You know, it's a Tuesday night in Hollywood at 10 o'clock. The bar's about to close, you know, that kind of thing. Like, oh, who's around left around here? Well, and, and Martine didn't go for that? That'd be cool to say you were with Huel Hauser. <laughs> I, right? I mean, that's, if, even uh, if Mar that's not your side of the fence, that's a, that's a small fence yeah. to, to be able to say, hey, me and Huel Hauser. And Huel Hauser, one of my favorite human beings, like, I just, anytime it, it's on, whether it's, uh, you know, the thing about one of the, one of the, Sam Juan Capistrano, one of the missions, or whether it's about the poppy fields, he's just the greatest, greatest. He's ridiculous. He's fantastic. Southern <laughs> Southern California promoter ever. Yep. I just saw I saw a thing he did on the the Hollywood sign not too long ago that was funny. It was it was yeah. he showed the he from the he passed beginnings. away, but he lives on forever because it's yep. always on. It's always on PBS somewhere in LA. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I think it was not more than a week ago I was watching him and thinking, this is fantastic. Hey, Louie. That was his cameraman, Louie. <laughs> hey. He'd be like, Louie, come over here. This is amazing. This is, this is amazing. <laughs> I, just love, I just love your house. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. Mike, We're did good. you go away? 
No, oh. you, it just, you okay. just bugged out. It's a fucking stupid Zoom. We, we were just discussing how, how Zoom is not the, the greatest, but it, it's not the gold standard, but it sure is free. Well, Zoom is here to stay, my friends. Everybody's going to stay at home. I, I, you know, I realized, like, uh, just now, I, I haven't left the house since Saturday. What is it, Monday? I haven't left yeah. the house since Saturday. Like, wow. it's crazy how much we stay at home now. And this is, you know, that's why I don't know what day it is. It doesn't really matter what day it is, does it? It just, like, goes round and round and round. Well, it, one day... One day is just another in the world of the RV owner. Yeah, the yeah. RV owner. There was a guy yeah. supposed to come and fix some of the light fixtures that don't work, and he kind of flaked on me. And then he he um and he, and he works at that that store that I love, the RV one in Pomona. So so, anyways, there's still a few things left, but it is fantastic. We took it. We've taken it all around town. On Saturday, we went and got ice cream in it. Elvis was up in the top. He's loving it. When you push your head against the front window and it seems like you're just yeah. flying. Uh, so great. You know, that's one of the few things that Amy and I had in common about growing up. Is our families had those kind of motorhomes with those front-facing windows above the cab. And that was the place to be. That was Yeah, that, that's it. Up on top. Yeah. And then, you know, we got the TV going and then I... You know, I got the TV mounted in the place where I wanted it. And then when you're laying down in the bed, you can't see it. You know how, like, if you don't look at a TV straight on, it's all wobbly and weird? So then okay. I had to unscrew the top two screws, shove a bunch of shit down in there to make it angle down. And now, but you know, it's, it's, a, it's a Bob Forrest RV. It's not, it's not made by <laughs> the original owner, the original builder's. <laughs> so, well, you missed you missed the old days on the, on Fountain, you know. Yeah, that remember the monster van had a big console TV in it. You, you remember that so mic with a VHS dude. machine? We used to watch Full Metal Jacket and Spinal Tap over and over again. Chuck, <laughs> I gotta tell you, man, Bob spent so much time in that fucking thing in his driveway, man. That X touring van, oh, <laughs> no. dinking around, just like you know. This making it all perfect. That's awesome. Curtain. So That's listen, cool. there's fifteen. Everything except uh, everything except for a spare tire. Yeah, there was <laughs> a spare tire. Well, I think I took it out because it because it we needed space for equipment. Because it was in the back. <laughs> we got to get rid of this engine. There's no yeah. room for anything. <laughs> yeah, we got to put some storage. Exactly. What are these? No, the idea was, and I remember that. So there's there. a legendary story where we broke down in the middle of fucking nowhere, literally 90 miles each direction. There was nothing, and and got a flat tire. And then there, you know, I had always said, well, we don't need a spare because we have AAA. Well, there's no AAA in the middle of New Mexico. Well, there, <laughs> you know, there is now. <laughs> there's no there's no phones, right? And so Mike and I walked, and then Mike was tweaking on speed or something, and he kept looking at every little thing on the side of the road thinking somebody threw their drugs out. He had this myth. I think we've talked oh, about it before where yeah. he heard that when people get pulled over, they throw their drugs out the window. And so Mike and I are walking down the highway, I-10 or something, going into El Paso, and 
he's just picking up everything like a tweaker, just picking it up, like and looking at it. I'm like, dude, nobody throws drugs out the window. You know, you know, but be, before I forget, because I haven't had a chance, I wanted to say thank you, Mike Mart. We had so much fun on Friday night, and it was made extra special because Bug got to meet uh, Jose, and oh, it was such awesome. a cool show. Yeah. Where was, was there a show? There a was a drive-in show at the OC Fair where they have, like, cars pull up, about 100 cars, and Look in trans- Orange County, Jesus and, Christ! And Who played? Did. Everybody had a fun time. They stayed in their car with their masks on. They kind of hang out like a drive-in movie theater, and, yep. and then the band plays, and you transmit it to their cars. Yeah, car radio. Who, radio. Who played? Uh, the Sweet and Tender Hooligans, the Morrissey tribute band. Oh, the I Morrissey think. tribute. Oh yeah, my God! Th- it was. Exactly. It was. I really didn't think it was going to be as cool as it was. But I just kind of figured if I can't call myself a fan of live music if I don't try this, you know, and it, it turned out to be really cool. Well, it was the a thing good about time. it was it's very adult. It's like, you know, you can take the kids mm-hmm. and, you can take, and it's just not a bunch of goofball. There's nobody down front. Everybody in their car just hanging out at their car. So the hip totally trick, if you've got a adult. pickup, bring your pickup because you can sit in the back of the pickup in folding chairs. I got a and- Winnebago, motherfuckers. <laughs> I could be watching Morrissey yeah. in the front window. <laughs> yeah, we could put a bunch <laughs> You'd of chairs. Do they allow the Winnebagos back. there? Do they allow Winnebagos? I think I they have think to go so. in back. The bigger oh. vehicles have to go in back. Oh, God. Well, Prejudice. You, Prejudice. Yep. yep. You know, <laughs> well, we had a, we had a fairly, fairly good-sized truck in front of us, and so we did our best to work our way around it for the view, but then the big girls, and it started dancing, and we couldn't see around them. And did you uh, oh, tune into the radio at all, Chuck? Was the radio... I did, didn't need to. There was, there was enough. We were close enough that the latency was just enough to okay. where I didn't, I didn't need it. Yeah, there were three different FM stations that you tune into, depending on how far you're back. Wow. Yeah, it was a very professional, very well put together with a band that sounded great. And they had this really cool sound man who took my little bug back. And then they even like did a little shout out for him going, hey, next yeah. time we play, we got to get bug up here. And it was, he was so happy. Oh, my God. It was just, how what a cool that. night. It was such a cool yeah, he night. Just, he just looked at me and he said, they said my name on stage. it's so cool it is well that doesn't change having a wonderful friday night chuck doesn't change that there's a 700 percent increase in in uh in depression there is a what's believed to be possibly double the suicide and despair death rate in 2020 there is ironically you're not hearing about overdose death I don't know why. Is it just because it, nobody's out and about reporting it or whatever? There's got to be overdose death like right now. New study from the CDC. One in three Americans, get this, if you want to talk about addiction for a second. One in three Americans is either diabetic or pre-diabetic. Oh. That is unfucking believable you, you One know those- in three. That it that's funny because when you, when I think about it, when I was growing up, there weren't a lot of diabetic people. Now it seems like like half the people I know that are over fifty are are One dealing with in three. It's you know, crazy. 
We, we need and to look at what we're eating. We need to look at how we're living. It's just crazy. So then I went around to uh, similar countries, obviously Mexico and Canada. Canada has 9% diabetes. So literally, you know, 10% versus 32%, right? Mexico has 12%. I mean, this is nuts. That's funny that Mexico has any because there's so little sweet stuff down there. Except for like, well, Pepsi. it's not sweet. I think it's grain. I think it's grain that like we, there's grain and everything. That's what a bunch of nutritionists ah. have told me. So we have grain subsidies here, so we pump grain into every right. single food that we eat. So, and we're told so whole anyways, grain. Yep. If you were to take overeating or or despair eating or eating, you know, emotional eating as a part of the addiction problem. 50% of Americans suffer from addiction, let alone killing ourselves and killing each other. The, the newest thing is they, they were going to kill the mayor of Wichita, Kansas, or wherever the fuck Wichita is. Where, where is Wichita? Kansas or Missouri yeah, or something? There, there is they were going to kill Kansas. him because he, ga- he, he gave an executive order that you need to wear masks within the city limits of Wichita. <laughs> so Americans, so Americans the are, there's 45% addiction rate in America. They're, they're willing to murder people over wearing masks. I mean, if you think Joe Biden is going to save this society from that, you're crazy. You're fucking nuts. No, right. And, and these people are a reflection of that, that populace. Yeah. You know, so, so, it's, so it's, it's nuts. It's nuts. So I, I, just, I just feel like, what can we do? What can we do? What we, can we do? What can we do? We can actually start honestly confronting these situations. You know, I, 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 read, I read an interesting quote the other day, and I hope I don't screw it up, but it's something like there was a, a lady who was uh, teaching a, a college course, and the question was asked about civilization and when civilization first happened. And she said something along the lines of, it was the first time a broken hemer, a broken femur yeah, yeah, was healed. Yeah, 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 and because somebody like, was compassionate enough to sit and wait with them until they healed. Right, because as animals... I we mean, don't have that society anymore. We're no, we don't. as advanced as that society 50,000 years ago. Right. We don't. We, we know that that person wasn't paid to sit around and watch that bone heal. It wasn't a, a, it wasn't a doctor. It was somebody who was just saying, you know what, I'm going to hang out with you until this heals. I'm going to fend off the hungry animals and I'm going to bring you food and water. And that that's what I, I, I love. It That goes back to that love is stronger Compassion. than hate thing. Compassion and, and community and community. Right. That you realize they're weak right now. I'm going to help them. When I'm weak, they'll help me. This kind of community-based thing that, that at this point we don't have no we don't it, have we've lost that thing that was so essential to civilization you're right and, and it, that's that's where that's where we're lacking that's that's where we're lacking and that's where we see the the people like uh tribing up you know people are, are running to their tribes and we've seen it happen and it's happened so much quicker and so much uglier since the um we've had this ability to reach out to people you know, the, the savior of the world, the internet has become the place where people can get way more tribal and, and say, 
screw them over there. We're going to look after ours. And ours are this group. And, and that, that stuff, it's just so hard to watch. Yeah, that's it's what's happening. That's what's happening. And we're 15 days away from the election. Most of my liberal friends think Biden's going to win and the whole world is just going to turn on its axis. I, oh, on the that, other hand, <laughs> I, on the other hand, think it's a toss-up. It wouldn't surprise me if Trump won. It wouldn't surprise me if Biden won. I don't think it's going to be by a landslide by either one. And I don't think anything much is going to change because it's the people that are sick. It's not the leaders that are sick. The right. leaders are just reflections of how sick the society is. And, and the people that I didn't expect we're, we're talking about, because, you know, of course, Orange County had uh, Trump over the weekend. I know. He was down in Newport Park. And, and uh, the fawning. I mean, especially the people like the new tagline is, I'm a Republican. I don't like Trump. I'm not a Trumper, but I'm a Republican. I can't vote for, for Joe Biden. You know, that's the new tagline. But then I see things like this weekend. <laughs> it's like, no, you, you just like this guy. You just like this guy because he says he's stupid like shit. Elvis Presley. He's like Elvis Presley, because think about Elvis Presley. That that you know Elvis Presley was only really cool for about six years, but because of that six years, it lasted. It's lasted till this day, forty years after his death. He's still this icon of coolness. No, he was actually awful. It was actually embarrassing. Even the 68 comeback thing was embarrassing. In 1968, Cream made Strange Brew. Jimi Hendrix was making Electric Ladyland. Uh, Led Zeppelin had started. Bob Dylan was making uh, uh, Blonde, uh, no, uh, uh, what's the gray covered record? John Wesley Harding. Um, the Beatles had just made uh, Sgt. Pepper's, right? And then, and then because this guy who was cool 15 years ago, who kind of was cool when you were a kid, did this embarrassing TV show where he dressed up in a leather outfit and swung his hips around like he was the Ed Sullivan show in 1955. You know, People said, oh, Elvis is cool again. No, he wasn't. There was nothing cool about him. <laughs> There's never been anything cool about Trump, ever. Nothing about him is cool. <laughs> But, but, but because these people think that, that something about Trump was cool, whether it's in the 80s when they thought he was some billionaire tycoon or because of the TV show where he played some, you know, smart talking, you know, f funny character of a businessman, somehow they think he's cool. So even when he's been proven to be just embarrassingly uncool, they still try to act like Elvis that he's cool. He's, there's nothing cool about him. That's an interesting point. Uh, I, 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 that was the one where, uh, Mike, is that the one where Elvis played the red 335? Yep. Yep. Yes, it was. I know. You're going to say that was great. It, was that great compared to the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper, compared, compared to Queen, C Cream and, and Jimi Hendrix? It was completely time, man out of place. It was nostalgia. It certainly was a nostalgia act at that point because it wasn't anything new either. It was just kind of it was kind of a rehash. But um, 
the, the idea that he was already lost on drugs, we all know that. That, that guy had his moment, and he's shown. And I, I, there was a cool thing on 2020 the other night about John Lennon and people coming up to him and going, when are you going to put the Beatles back together? And he goes, when are you going to go back to high school? Right. We've been there. We've done that. And that's what, you know, the people around Elvis, you know how show business is. He was probably, you know, uh, drugged up, propped up, and put out there for other people's profit. He was bumming. He was bumming because he had to do all those movies with you know, Colonel Parker. Had him doing all those stupid movies, which you really didn't even really enjoy, like Acapulco and all that other stuff. Blue Hawaii, and there, there were yeah, there Hawaii. were a ton of them, and they're they're camp and and bad. But you know, so so are all the rock and roll Listen, movies. Listen, on the on the coolness factor of rock and roll cool, Elvis isn't even in the top ten. Oh no, he sure was. No, he was not. Sure, he was. There was equal people to him. Little Richard, Jerry Lee Lewis, Chuck Berry. There was Johnny Cash, Roy Orbison. There was equal people to cool to him. I'll tell you, Jerry Lee Lewis is about as cool as it gets. And guess what? That motherfucker's still alive. I know. He's still <laughs> alive. Right. And had he not married the 13-year-old cousin, I mean, that was one of the most interesting books I ever read was the Jerry Lee Lewis book. That guy was as real as it gets. He, there was nothing that was an act about him, except and, and, for the fact that when he slowed down his drinking, he still kept alcohol on his piano to make it look like he did. But, yeah. but get this, though. So that first generation of rock and roll, I would choose Little Richard and Jerry Lee Lewis over Elvis Presley. I'm sorry. Um, Songwriter-wise, Chuck Berry by far is the greatest rock and roll songwriter who ever lived. I don't so think Elvis ever wrote a song. So Elvis Presley is not a songwriter, nope. and he's not the greatest performer of his generation. How, how is he the top ten of all time? So then you get into the Beatles. How is, how is Kim Kardashian in existence? <laughs> it's what was pushed. Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's what I, was I pushed. Just love, I just love that when people say to Elvis, my son, oh, like Elvis Presley, he says, no, like Elvis Costello. My dad doesn't <laughs> like Elvis Presley. See? Right? And, and that's, and, and, you know, music, being art is subjective. So, I mean, and that's what was pushed. I didn't even know who Little Richard was until I was older because that wasn't what was on the TV. That wasn't. I know, was but when you radio. see those videos of him and you hear him oh. talk, it's like, oh my God, how can this man be living in the in the nineteen fifties in America? <laughs> it's amazing. It was dangerous. Like he was machine. dangerous. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, that that thing that is, I I just think of right now. Trump is very much like Elvis towards the end. That's what he reminds me of. You know what I mean? Loaded, He's just doing the same old thing. The, He's doing yeah. medleys. His, I watch his rallies, and his rallies are medleys of 2016 hits. Like, lock <laughs> her up. Lock <laughs> her up. And, like, you know... Uh, you know what I mean? It's like it's like he goes through. It's he's on tour. It's like Elvis on tour, nineteen seventy seven. The addiction rate in West Virginia is close to thirty percent. That's one of his bases bases of his stronghold is that that coal mine along the northern south, right? So you got you've got. You've got Alabama, Georgia. You got Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, um, uh, Florida Panhandle, South Carolina, Kentucky, right? West Virginia, 
Tennessee, right in there is his stronghold. The highest rate of addiction in America is right in there. Well, maybe it's like EDM or techno where you got to be on drugs for it to make sense. (laughs) Maybe that's it. Mike, that's it. He stumbled upon it. The reason why Trump makes no sense to us is because we're not on OxyContin. That must be part of it you know, snort a couple of Norcos and go to a Trump rally. It just seems like you're seeing Elvis Presley. <laughs> yep. And you're Lock going, her up. I do the locker up. Man, I hope he does the locker up thing. First they say lock him up like Biden, like lock him up or lock Hunter Biden up or something. I couldn't even follow what that part was. But then they were saying lock her up. The governor of Michigan, who was part of a kidnap ploy where they were going to execute her after a trial in the woods, these militia people, and they were wanting to lock up the governor of Michigan. What do the people (laughs) in Prescott, Arizona, give a fuck about the governor of Michigan? These people are just so ass backwards, it's it's hard (laughs) to fathom. And I had just I had just been in Prescott like about three months ago, and I just thought. And the the driver that was driving me, I said, "What what kind of jobs are there around here?" And he said, "None. You have to go into Phoenix, and Phoenix is like eighty five miles away. Like there's what? no jobs there." And that uh, oh, let's go there with a abundance of plenty. So so we got the election coming. We've got this naive thing that if it's a transformative election and Biden wins, everything's going to be all right. I don't oh, believe no, that no, at all. No. There's something wrong with us. And the way that we get to a solution is to work on us, admit our character flaws, admit that I don't know everything, admit that I'm, I'm a blowhard, all the things that I've admitted about myself, like, I don't know everything, I just know some things pretty well. I know addiction, I know music. Maybe we I, I need know to them do, pretty well. Maybe we need to do a 12-step on uh, a, channel a, four a for national, the nation a national 12 step <laughs> yes i right? think we're that's gonna, the answer we're admit that we're powerless over <laughs> yes. america and our yes. lives become unmanageable we're going to turn our will we're going to uh uh believe that a, that a that a power greater than ourselves can restore the nation to sanity we're going to turn our will and our lives over to that higher power and, and to heal our nation Hey, you can right. even call you can even call it aliens. I don't care what they call it. That's the beauty. That's the the one really, thing they got right. Really, we do need we do need a national twelve step policy. <laughs> we need something because there's going to be a whole lot of butt hurt. There's going to be a whole lot of it's going to be worse than football. And I've seen what happens with football when one team loses and the, and the other one wins. There's no graceful winners. There's no graceful losers. There's no civility. There's no thought there's, of the other yeah, person. Yeah, there's not, there's not even graceful winners. I'm going to tell you a story. In, in 2010, the last time the Lakers won the championship, they were ahead three games to one. And then they lost game five here in L.A., and they were playing game six in Boston. And we were pretty sure, me and all my friends were pretty sure they were going to win in Boston. So a slew of us, Anthony and Flea, Josh, Klinghoffer, a couple other people, Paul T. We all went to Boston to go see the Lakers play the Celtics in Boston Garden, and we were going to be the Lakers fans when the Lakers won the championship and go down on the floor and all the Boston people would <laughs> be walking out, right? So we go there, and, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, I flew coach and other people flew however they flew, and everybody got there, and we went to dinner, and then we went to the game, and it was a blowout. Boston kicked the fucking Lakers' ass. 
right? By, they mm-hmm. were up by like 20 points in the third quarter. And we're all wearing our Lakers gear because we're Laker fans, right? So when we were walking out disappointed back to the hotel, we thought, well, you know, you know, we thought if they win, if the Lakers win, we're going to have to stay in the arena till all the Boston people go home, right? right. But that the Lakers lost so badly, we just started walking out of the arena and people started fucking with us and cussing at us and throwing shit. Like, you know, a couple of our friends took their Lakers jerseys off. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Because even winning, they were like, fuck LA, fuck you, fuck you. That was over basketball, right? This is over. This is over what you believe you need in your nation, right? <laughs> so, right. A little more important than basketball, which I think people are more concerned or are, are really more emotionally involved in sports than they are in politics because they they've lost interest because it's just like. I, but they're they're back and they've brought that sort of. Uh, sports fan mentality yeah sports fan. so let me fo- follow my logic how is it going to be if if biden wins what's it going to be like for democrats in huntington beach uh, if I, if trump <laughs> if trump wins what's it going to be like for trumpers in portland oregon i mean this this is this is we're in a national crisis and everybody thinks if their guy wins it'll go away that's what's just fascinating to me, right? That's right. what's just fascinating to me. And, and so I do think that, that, yeah, I wanted to talk about we have this high rate of addiction, this high rate of, of, of overeating and diabetes, and we have this high rate of suicide, this high rate of gun violence. We have all the highest – we're number one in so many of all the wrong we're categories, number one. right? That we do need a national healing and a national – kind of come to jesus excuse my using of the lord but we need something that is going to remind us all that we're americans and that we need to heal and get better and that begins with us as one individual yeah but but i'm just i'm not scared i'm just curious to see who wins and what what that what that cause and reaction is Right, but what? it really is that we're a sick society, and this is these are our choices, and this is what we've chosen to allow ourselves to believe. Right, yeah. that my side is right, and if my side was in charge, everything would be okay. And you know, I, I just I just find it all fascinating. But um, <laughs> you we'll know, see. It, every once in a while, I see something that makes me think. There was a, a funny thing where this guy was saying, how about we just, since vasectomies are reversible, we just fix every young man at the age of puberty. And then when he shows that he's responsible enough and reliable uh, enough uh, to have it, right? kids and reverse it. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and then it's just like, and if this pissed you off, then that sounds like you don't want the government telling you what to do with your body. You know, and so I'm, I'm a boy and I've, I've never, you know, I, the abortion thing is really, it's, it's a woman's issue, you, you yeah, know, so, right. but the whole idea is that if you and me and Mike and other people can see this stuff and we're not caught up in the idiocy, I mean, that for the first time ever last week on Saturday Night Live, they actually, 
they did a good job. Jim Carrey was Biden and it was ridiculous. And of course, uh, Alec Baldwin was, was Trump. And they showed us that it is a clown parade. It really and, is. And if, if, if you really think, yeah, if, if you really think that Biden coming into office is really going to make things better, and it's not about that. It's just people want Trump gone. And I get it. I understand why they want Trump gone. But the, the whole thing is, uh, what's next? And what are we doing to prepare our kids to not act th this way? Because, you know, they, you know when, they, when they were used to talk about de-radicalizing, like the, the Muslim nations, they said it takes like three generations to, to start thinking differently and feeling differently because we, we act in the way that we're, That's what I'm saying. we're, we're taught and raised. We have two generations of this now, this on both sides, two generations of hate. I've seen it, two generations. So, right. so when does it the, change? With, so, with so they're indoctrinating the third generation, most likely. And it, I don't see, I'll, I don't think I'll see peaceful times in America. I don't think I will. I got like 20 more years left. I don't think I will. I don't even have 20 more years left, 15 more years left. I just probably uh, won't see peaceful times here. And that's fine. I just think, you know, my as life As long as is, it's changing, as long as it's changing thing, for the better. My then. life is fine. And this is the other thing I don't, I don't understand by a lot of my angry, more affluent Trumper friends, right? I was like, why are you so angry? Like you have everything and your life is golden. I don't, I don't know why you're so filled with rage and hate and anger. Like you've lost, you won the game of material wealth and lost the game of life, right? Yeah. They, they uh, really have. Yeah. Like there's people so angry that have like nine houses. It's, it's crazy that, that they're just so like, yeah, fucking Biden, he's fucking his sons of, his sons of crook. I was like, yeah, all of them sons are crooks, aren't they? They're all crooks. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you know what I mean? This, that's, the, that's one of the pivot points for me where it's like <laughs> you look at this and you just go, it, it, it is such, we call it an alcoholic characteristic, the idea of losing something we've got or we're afraid of not getting something we want. And that's, what, that's the fear monger thing is that there's one side that, that wants what, what the other side has no matter no matter what it is and the people with a whole lot are afraid that it's all going to be taken from them they're afraid if joe biden is elected that joe biden's going to knock on their door and take four and a half of their nine houses because right. that's that's what has been repeated over and over it doesn't matter what the truth is right it's repeated and nobody enough tries to break free nobody tries to break free there's there's this consistent pattern of you know the the taxers and the and the and the anti-taxers, right? Republicans are anti-taxes and Democrats are pro-taxes. If there was a Democrat who came along and said, "I won't raise taxes," holy moly, wouldn't that th throw a monkey wrench into the whole fucking thing? <laughs> or, right? or or an honest Republican right. that said, "We've right. got yeah. people that need help. We've got people that need <laughs> yeah. help, so we're going to raise taxes a little bit because." Maybe you only need yeah. eight and a half houses so right, that we, right. can, we can put some shoes on these people over here or we can get right. teachers that, you and know. The teachers, yeah, raise teacher salaries. If a Republican talked about raising teacher salaries, 
But the reason why they, they, I believe that neither one of them want a solution because they get elected by pointing out the shortcomings of their opponent. So that's where we're at. And it's very much, I just feel like America is a sick alcoholic family with like the youngest, <laughs> the young, here's what I would say. The youngest boy is a heroin addict. The mom's a pill popper and the dad's an alcoholic. And then, and, and then we're just the, other siblings sitting around trying to make sense of it all. It's just a chaotic, <laughs> America is a chaotic alcoholic family at, at Christmas dinner. That's what we're like. <laughs> and nothing and nothing good is going to come of it. And we're the mascots and the peacekeepers. Yeah, the by midnight, by midnight, the whole thing's going to blow up with a lot of ugly feelings. And that no is, matter. That is no in matter. 15 days is, is Christmas for us. <laughs> that's, that's right? not a good Christmas. I'm not gonna a good Christmas. I'm going to get some gum. But uh, and what what else going on is the Dodgers. If the Dodgers that's what win I was the World say, the man I was going to say the man with the Dodgers tattoo on his arm for as long as I've known you. Yes, Dodgers hasn't talked about the, the Dodgers Series. yet. Dodgers going to win the World Series. The Lakers already won the championship. If the Rams win the Super Bowl, oh my God. Here's the, uh, here's the thing. L.A. is, you know, so traditionally liberal. Even yeah. if the Dodgers win the World Series and then the Rams win the Super Bowl, if Biden loses, all of L.A. is going to be miserable forever. <laughs> but, uh, there'll still be parades. There'll still be celebrations. <laughs> no, I think you can't have them, right? Unless they're protests. They we did for the protests. Lakers. They had a bunch of did people they out have for a, the Lakers. Well, they, they, didn't, Laker? they didn't have a legal parade, but they sure yeah, had but a ton it was of people illegal, out. Right. Elvis, oh, no. what are you doing? You want to be on the on the radio? What are you thinking? Are you playing Roblox? What are you doing? No. Do you think our our family is healthy or unhealthy or kind of all right? <laughs> Did you hear that at home? No. He said, he "Well, we eat McDonald's every day." <laughs> <laughs> right, but but he doesn't. That's have just because. That's not because of daddy. That's because of Sydney loves chicken McNuggets, the Happy Meals. Right. Pizza's not bad for you. You're just only talking about food. I'm talking about mental health. Are we a mentally healthy family? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no. He said no. Right. My 10-year-old said, just said we are not a mentally healthy family. So there goes your fucking idea, Chuck. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, I'll be out there as soon as I'm done. Did you did you watch the Dodgers game with the family? Yes, we all watched it. Sydney Sydney said Cody's going to hit a home run, and then he did, and we lost it. No way, really? Yeah, Elvis. Why is there lights out in front of the house? Is somebody driving up the driveway? Did you see the Cody strut? Yeah, oh, as soon as he, as soon as he hit it, he knew. He was right? just like, man, this Boom. is badass. And he just threw that thing down and strutted around. I swear to God, Sydney's because Sydney loves Cody Bellinger, right? Oh she says God, it all the time, mate. Cody Bellinger, Cody Bellinger. Because I think it's because she likes saying that name. And he's, she said, he's going to hit a home run. And he did. And oh, he's just seeing so a look great. on her face. See it was that? amazing. See that, and that's how we heal from generation to generation. You bring the best parts. You brought the best part from your childhood and shared that with them, and left out a lot of the ugly. But no, so let's just analyze what Elvis just said for a second. So we're a happy family. 
We don't eat very good. Okay. <laughs> um, and then what else did he say? We're not mentally well. <laughs> so he's aware. <laughs> he is a self-aware kid right there. There we go. Well, I do a weird thing where I, I, I'm drinking beet juice and then I had pizza for dinner. I don't know what that does. But somehow in my mind, if I juice a lot, I can eat shit and it just break, you break even. You know that, glute, that gluten-free cauliflower uh, pizza crust is pretty darn good. Those pizza Yeah, where good. did you get that from? Red Devil pizza? Oh, you can get it all over now, and you get them all over. Yeah, we get thin crust, well done, just regular cheese pizza. Everybody has it. You got to just go. Here's another thing. We're a lazy family. He didn't p point that out. So, <laughs> there's just no chefs in the family. That's all. Yeah, there's no show. God. <laughs> well, that's been part of everything. I, I, I see no use for kitchens except for to have a cabinet to, like, you know, get your cheese out on. Like, oh, I, I, I never cook food, ever. Elvis makes his, himself soup, and I'm like, what are you doing? That's ridiculous. Just eat something out of the refrigerator. That makes it dirty dishes. Don't do that. Why are, oh. why are you discouraging him making soup, Bob? Really? Because it makes a mess. You know what? You know what's a, a great thing to have around are bananas and apples. Yeah, that's what I eat. So first thing you want to have, day. a power bar, a banana, and then Sid has peanut butter, toast and puffs these organic puffs uh panda puffs from from uh trader Sprouts, joe's trader joe's are, they, are yeah. they made from real panda i think so they got some little little <laughs> smackle of panda bear panda bear there's mm. panda bear semen in what the fuck and then, <laughs> so, <laughs> so she has panda puffs it's, it's the same go? thing it's the same thing every day so so uh, peanut butter and toast, panda puffs, a yogurt squisher, cotton candy yogurt squisher thing, those things you squish up and eat. And then she drinks seltzer water like me. I have a power bar, a banana, and, and seltzer water. And then whatever she doesn't eat, I eat. Whatever left of the puffs, <laughs> I eat them. Whatever left of the toast, I eat it. Elvis is, is a crazy breakfast eater he likes meat which is either bacon or beef jerky or some sort of meat and then he has like panda puffs and green machine drink he loves this thing called green machine he has like three of them a day so i figure all the shit we eat it's countered by the green machines right chuck okay it's all sugar it's all sugar. sure so he's if getting food was mad and food was Chrissy, Chrissy always eats a bowl of cereal in the morning, doesn't eat lunch, eats some sort of like weird hippie shit like at three in the afternoon, like weird salads which doesn't, don't even look like salads. You know those things that don't even look like salads? Houseplant salads? Yeah. They look it's like not even, there's nothing lettuce. Yeah, weird, weird, weird yeah. things in it. And then, and then we just uh, do McDonald's or, or pizza for dinner. That's it. That's oh, the Forest family diet. And, and we have apples and oranges and tangerines and grapes. Have you ever had cotton candy grapes they make? Yeah. They taste like cotton candy. I love those. If you like cotton candy, those are fantastic. Yeah. 
So we're a big cotton candy family around here. We have cotton candy yogurt, cotton candy grapes. But I just figured this combination of shit and fruit and healthy stuff and whatever, right? Do they eat ramen? Do they eat, um, like... No. Go to ramen places? My kids no. going to ramen food. No, we eat things that come off of trees or come from uh, 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 a fast food company. That's it. Oh. Trees and fast food. No, but I'm just trying to show everyone, like, nobody's perfect, but you don't have to, like, always be fighting self-righteously that everything you think is the truth and everything you think has to happen and everyone who doesn't think like you is wrong. So many of us have lost our way with that. You're just trying to do the best you can and get along to get along. All the terms that we were taught, like my mom used to always say, you got to get along to get along, Bobby. Meaning you got to, <laughs> whenever I'd have fights with kids at school, you got to get along to get along, right? Hmm. Meaning to move forward in life, you have to learn how to get along with people. It's very simple. You got to get along to get along. What happened to that? Uh... You know what I mean? It went with sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. <laughs> that was an old English term. You know, ring around the rosy pocket full of posy? That was over the plague. You know that. It was about COVID, yeah. <laughs> it was about COVID. <laughs> I mean, this may be our last pandemic. We should we should enjoy it and make yeah we should really we should really be soaking it all in yeah this could be the last time uh, the world is in a unified crisis our kids kids I, may not ever get to see something like this i talked to a guy in holland today and he said they're they just shut down everything again because it got out of hand and i said are people wearing masks and he said yeah and i go that's kind of plays into this guy in america no, saying that no. masks don't don't do it right but Holland's shutting down. They're hoping to get a get a back ahead on it. Um, it's just a crazy thing that we've even politicized a virus. It's crazy. Yeah. Why don't we just try to figure it out and and love one another and care about one another? So weird, 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 weird. Oh, and so we're living. We are they said that the last thing I'll say is they they said may you live in interesting times is a Chinese proverb. It's a curse, that proverb. It's not a nice thing. No, it was meant as a, like a fuck you. May you live in interesting times. And oh, yeah. I, kind of, I kind of misinterpret it, and I was always thinking it's great to live in interesting times. You know, Hunter S. Thompson's thing is when the, when the going gets weird, the weird get going, right? Mm-hmm. And that's may you May you live in weird times. These are some weird times. <laughs> These are some really weird times. And the weird need to get going. <laughs> uh, we're everywhere. Right. So I'll talk to you guys later. I hope this All didn't right. depress everybody. I'm just trying to share what's going on. Let's right? say goodnight. Good night, everybody. Good night, gentlemen and, and gentle don't ladies. Die. Don't die, Chuck. We might We uh, might not talk until somebody else is president or the same guy is president. No, we'll talk next Monday. See you there. Oh, okay. One last <laughs> one. <laughs> okay. Bye. I'll just do what I'm told. Okay, bye-bye. Hey, this is Bob, and you can get a hold of Aloe Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. That's Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake. 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you to call.
Hey, this is Bob in the Don't Die podcast. Got 100 people a day dying of drug overdoses, and it's got to stop. Aloe Treatment Centers wants it to stop. We want people to get educated about drugs, about treatment. We want you to learn, laugh, and live, but first and foremost, don't die.